0: charges let us have the lighting of the candles Please stand if you are able and join in singing Now Thank We All Our God, hymn number 556. to the back of the bulletin for the announcements. On October 22nd, church council meeting after church and TCBY meeting from 5 to 7, and Bible study will be on Thursday, the 26th of October, here at 11 a.m. For the charge, October 29th will be oil anointing services. A combined worship service will be held on November 5th at Dunlow at 10 a.m. followed by church conferences. I believe that's a covered dish and I believe we're bringing cookies. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Is that all taken care of? You need more people? If
1: anybody wants to make maybe three or four dozen cookies and bring them with them on Sunday.
0: Okay, let, let Linda know if you wanna bring cookies and help out with that. Uh, Forest Hills Ministerium Thanksgiving service, at Dunlow 3 p.m. Guest speaker will be Randy Bain. There's a sign up on the back table for to make Christmas cookies and assemble trays. And today, from 12 to 4 at the Wimber Rec Park, there's a fundraiser for the Honduras Orphanage. They're looking to make upgrades to the uh, kitchen, new equipment, everything. Uh, they'll be having cornhole, flower pot painting, and my guess is Romeo going to get involved. Romeo, I think he's going to be cooking traditional Honduras food for, for tasting and whatnot. Um, and that's a fundraiser for the orphanage from 12 to 4 at Rec Park in Wimber. Are there any other announcements today?
2: I have one. All of you should have received a, 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 a small booklet here called the a, a Catechism of the Christian Faith and Doctrine for the Global Methodist
0: Church for you to, to keep to uh, refer to if you care to. If there are no others. Let us greet one another with the love of Jesus Christ.
1: Good morning.
0: quick announcement since this is the third Sunday we're going to pass the buckets around too and that'll be for uh, heating oil we used to do it for uh sometimes for the children's ministries and would throw the change in and whatever so we're going to do that to help assist with paying for the uh heating oil and also be thinking about your favorite hymn for a little bit later in the service let us stand if we're able and join in the affirmation of faith a responsive reading from psalm 106 verses 1 through 12. Please stand if you are able. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever.
2: Who can proclaim mighty acts of the Lord, or fully destroy the of power?
0: Blessed are those who act justly, who, act, who always do what is right.
2: Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them
0: that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise.
2: We have sinned even as our ancestors' did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly.
0: When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember any of your kindnesses and they rebelled by the sea, the Red Sea.
2: Yet he saved them from his land's sake to make his mighty power
1: known.
0: He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert.
2: He saved them from the hand of the foe, from the hand of the enemy he redeemed them.
0: The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived.
2: Then they believed his promises and his praise.
0: Please be seated and will the children come forward for children's message.
3: loaded question. No? now, Good. Because loaded questions are really difficult. They always get you in trouble no matter how you answer. That's what a loaded question is. It's when somebody asks you a question and no matter what answer you give, you're going to get yourself in trouble. For example, if I said, have you stopped cheating at cards? What would you say? Have you stopped cheating at cards? If you say yes, that means you used to cheat, right? If you say no, that means you're still cheating. Either way, as my grandpa used to say, you're in Dutch, you're in trouble. You're getting in trouble, right? Yeah. So, in the Bible, there was this group of, I, I like to call them the Bible bullies, the Pharisees. And they would always try to trick Jesus. And they would ask him of questions. Because they figured if we can get him to say something that people don't like, We've got them. We can get people mad at them. That's what they wanted. They wanted people out to love them. So, one day they said, Should you pay taxes? Well, even today we pay taxes. So, back then, they would pay taxes and it would go to whoever was in charge, the, you know, Caesar. And so, a lot of the people said, No, we shouldn't do that, you know. And so, the Pharisees because Caesar would take that money and he wouldn't do the right stuff with it. So that's why they said, no, we should do that. So the Pharisee said, okay, Jesus, should we pay taxes? Hoping he would say no. Because then you know what? Then their government would say, you're bad. You're telling the people not to pay their taxes. Now we get them in trouble. And if he said yes, then the people who he kept, who were following him and loved him, would say, well, wait a minute. What's going on? So Jesus was able to always answer that it didn't get him in trouble, which is pretty tricky with a question. I want you to look at the coin. Do you see that coin in your hand? On one side, and back in that day, they would make the coins to kind of look like whoever was in charge at that time Caesar. So Caesar's face would be on one side, and Jesus would say, look at your coin, the money, the taxes that you would pay. And he could say, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, if Caesar's face is on that coin, should we give it to Caesar? Yeah. But then he would follow up by saying, but give to God what is God's. So if you look at the coin, the image of Caesar's on the coin, and who did they say we're made in the image of? We're made in the image of God, right? So you give the coins to Caesar because the image of Caesar's on the coin, but you give yourself to God because we are made in the image of God. Uh So were they able to trick him? He kind of gave an answer that made them all say, oh, all right, good answer. The Pharisees would not come and yell at him. And the people who were against paying the taxes were happy with the answer too. And so we've got to always remember, there's things in life we don't like to do. Every person out in those, everybody out there, and you, when you get older, you'll be paying taxes and you'll wonder why. But we have to do it because it's the law. But we also have to remember, we may owe our taxes to the government for taking care of roads and whatever they have to do with those, but we owe ourselves to God. We are made in Him and His image, and so we owe ourselves to Him. And before we get to our show and tell, let's say a little prayer. Dear Lord, in the world we live in, there's so many conflicting things that go on, things we agree with and things we don't. Help to keep us in proper alignment to follow the laws that we need to follow here, but always to remember that ultimately we are in your image and we are 100% owed to you. Amen. Okay, what did you bring for show and tell? Pastor says show and tell. So, what did you bring today? I brought a coffee
1: cup because I really like coffee.
3: Maybe I grow up and be one Yeah, you think? Good, good deal. Good deal. All right. And what did you bring? A, kid. a kitty. And why did you bring the kitty? I
1: you love kitties. Do you have a
3: kitty? No? I know where there's a kitty. <laughs> no, I'm not a kitty. looks
1: like that,
3: though. <laughs> I saw one that does look like Phil that I saw on Facebook the other week. Yeah. All right. And did you bring anything today? No, that's all right. You brought your brother. <laughs> <laughs> the what?
1: Oh, oh, okay. And what did you bring with you? Black a Black Panther. Is that like a superhero? Yes. <laughs> I've heard of poppets and fidget spinners. My students have those in
3: class. I usually collect them at the beginning of the day and give them back at the end. And what did you bring? <laughs> your brother. Is he your toy? <laughs> you play with them sometimes, right? All right. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. And right. here's some candy.
2: Pick whatever you want, there's those choppers left. There you go. There's choppers There's two cats. Oh, those, okay. That's all the choppers that okay. come there. I
1: cleaned it out. Oh, those, they stick here, keep.
2: Two cats. I thought hard and long about the, the prayer today. Uh, 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 I don't I I put it into good and evil I leave out names that are connected depending on what side you think is good and what side is evil so I refer to it as, as good and evil so let us pray God overseer of all many of us are seeing evils fight against good for the first time in our lives It's brought into our homes nightly. Not only are we witnessing the violence from the Middle East, but we are seeing demonstrations in our own country by the best and the brightest. The entire scene, both abroad and here at home, places a heavy burden on our hearts. We share this burden, but we are putting the outcome in your hands because we know and believe that you will bring the best outcome for all those involved. We ask for your guidance, keeping us on the side of the good. We know that you will provide us with the direction we are to follow. We understand that death will be taking place, but we ask that it be held to a minimum and not become barbaric. We ask that the demonstrations being held in our country remain peaceful. We pray for Israel's survival in this part of the world. We pray for all the lives of the people involved in this conflict. We pray for those having to deal with the anguish of having loved ones back in the Middle East. We know God is watching and will protect those fighting for the good of mankind. It sounds as if the bear had been awakened. Now it's time to pay the consequences consequences for doing so. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our minds. So we offer prayers and ask for forgiveness for our going astray, and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the members of law enforcement, the military, especially First Lieutenant Carl Smith. We pray for firefighters, first responders, EMTs, teachers. We pray for the well-being and safety for the leaders of our country, our community, and our church. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth and continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, those who have lost their way, for them to see the light on their wayward ways so that they may be saved before it's too late. We pray for the conflict in the Middle East. We pray for families that have lost loved ones. We pray for families facing family members being held as hostages. We pray for the hostages. We ask that they are being treated humanely. We pray for their safe return We pray that the conflict doesn't escalate, including other countries. We pray for the civilians that are being used as human shields and the inhumane acts of violence. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people's hearts or spirits while we were praying, let them take this time to share that name with you. Dear Lord, let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: All right, who has a favorite hymn? Gave you enough warning. Right. And it's been
2: in the bulletin for over a month. <coughs> Nobody has a favorite hymn? 297 you'll be asked next week for a favorite hymn too
0: so come prepared I love to tell the story hymn number 297 please stand if you're able
2: Remember the smallpox were for uh, contributions for the oil bill, which we just had something filled recently. God in heaven, we come before into your presence today, the third Sunday of the month of, of October. We thank you for this opportunity when we gather and we have a chance to fellowship with each other and to worship and offer our, our praise and thanksgiving to you, dear Lord. We ask that you accept these tithes and gifts and offerings that have been given by the members of this congregation and being presented by these two young boys with us today. We ask that you accept these in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend, and we all three said, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Very good, very good. Please be seated. Our reading today comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. This is the last. Jesus told three parables to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the leaders in the Jewish temple. He told these uh, parables in the temple before he was arrested. They they took place after he turned the tables over. And this was the last one that he presented to the leaders of the, the Jewish leaders. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying... The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized their servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, How did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are invited, but few are chosen. The word of God for the people of God. God. uh, as I was saying, this is his last last parable. We did his second parable last week, and the week before that, the first week of October, we did his first parable. That he uh, that not the first. His first parable, but the first parable while he was in Jerusalem to the leaders of the Jewish religion. In today's gospel reading, we find the story of the agreement between God and humanity. Did you bring something to share with everybody? Oh, 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 oh so I'm blaming it on him. It's his. Oh, okay. It's a shame we can't get that on camera because nobody knows what I'm talking about. Well, okay, all right. Each his own, each his own. God has the authority to pass over those who refuse to reply to his invitation for service. Service. Consider this. The steady decline in the size and influence of the church in the U.S. and in Western Europe should be looked at in relationship to the steady increase in the growth of the Church in Latin America, Asia, and Africa. If postmodern Westerners are unwilling to accept God's invitation, then there are others God can invite into his service. We touched on this a little bit last week with the parable. Two invitations were sent out. The first asked the guests to attend. The second announced that they all, all was ready. God wants us to join him at his banquet, which will last for eternity. That's why he keeps sending us invitations again and again. Living the gospel begins with the invitation, but it must be followed by some kind of action. Jesus teaches his listeners to expect harsh judgment for those who don't accept God's persistent invitations to the kingdom we could be witnessing it now in the mid-east of of, uh, the harm that's coming to those people who have refused God's invitation there is no institution or organization where everybody anybody can freely come whether they are good or bad Makes no difference. The colleges don't accept everybody who applies. I think the state universities accept six, 60% of the people who apply. The big top-name uh, colleges, I think it was uh, Harvard, uh, harvard only accepts, out of 26,000 applicants, they accept like 2%. And now we see what results they are with them being on the streets up in, up in Boston. <laughs> This is rule number one with Jesus. The Lord will take anybody who shows up. We have that with the communion. The Methodist Church is an open table for communion. Whether we're reunited or, or Methodist, we have an open table for communion. Anybody can come and will not be refused. If we refuse the invitation of Christ, Someday our greatest pain will lie not in the things we suffer but in the knowledge of the precious things we have missed. This parable teaches that a person must give back their soul to God in all its original purity. Sin must be washed away. But the person who has nothing but a stained soul to give back stands condemned. So it's up to us to return ourselves to God. He's the one who created us. Now when we we pass away, when we die, Catherine Branch, anybody know Catherine Branch? You do? You do? Okay. She passed away. We're having a service for her Friday at 7 p.m. at Diamond in Southport. So we have to give our, our soul back the way we got it. It was pure when it was given to us. Now we have to give it back. But is it pure? We can make it pure. John Weston said we can do that by the time we we pass away. I had a, a, a uh, he was my boss when I was an intern at Redstone. He was the chaplain. Uh, he was on a study on. Uh, this effect and he found it it happens mostly with senior citizens who who have a little time left they know they're they're, they're they've been uh, uh, told that they're they're dying and they they reach perfection they can not all of them but they can he found it happens mostly at that age just prior to to dying the Jewish leaders the insiders will face judgment For their failure to follow Jesus and the outsiders tax collectors and prostitutes both good and bad will become the insiders we are not saved because of what we do or have done it is only God's mercy and grace that saves us that's all we've got nothing to do with it it's all God if he wants to save you that's why we should be thanking Him just about every day. That you, you feel that you've been saved. And you should feel that way every day. Because if you don't feel you're saved, uh, go over to the Middle east and live there for a while. The Middle East. Live in the uh, Egypt, I mean, live in uh, Israel or the Gaza Strip. And <laughs> you'll come home quick, thanking God that you're still alive. Too often we go to the house of the Lord with no preparation at all. I hate to be the one to tell you this. Every person needs to come to church prepared to worship. After a little prayer, a little thought, and a little self-examination, then worship would be truly worship. The kind of worship in which and through which things happen in your souls and in the life of the church. And I've given you many questions to help you think of your self-examination. You should go through that. On the uh, uh, John Wesley would start. Uh, he would start on Thursday. He would start fasting. He'd have communion to prepare his his spirit himself for church on Sunday which wasn't in a building like this. It was usually outside when John Wesley did Those who are truly living in Jesus and his word will see an internal character develop that not only does the right things, but has the heart to do the right things that leads to action. We are to live as God's people. According to God's will for our lives, what is the media showing us? The media, media, from what I've seen, shows one side of one side of the conflict, and it's the—I don't know why—they keep saying it's a war against Israel and Palestine. It's not. It's a war against Hamas. That's different, and they were elected. Free election in 2006-2007, pre-election, and they won. Of course, there hasn't been a vote since then, but the people elected Hamas. Why don't they have water? Because they dug up all the pipes to use them for, for weapons, because they, they found out that you could fire a missile through the, the pipes that are underground. Why there's no sewer, sewage? They dug up the pipes. Who dug up the pipes? Hamas, to make these weapons. But the media is talking about it country against country. Gaza is part of, of, I mean not Gaza, Gaza yeah, is part of of Israel. They should, you know, get the name of the war, the war right. But what are we seeing with the protests? I haven't seen one protest yet that was pro-Israeli in this country. They seem to be all pro Palestine by our students in our in our top colleges. It it, it doesn't encourage you, in your, it doesn't it doesn't encourage encourage you by seeing this going going on in America going on around the world as well but in our our country where these people in these top universities are are coming up uh, in in favor of Palestine in favor of Hamas and Hezbollah and it's uh, you know it makes you think it makes you wonder what in the world has gone wrong with our education system to turn out so many people who, who are, 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 are in favor of violence and in favor of evil. Because that's what they're promoting. They're promoting evil. The word Hamas is used in the Bible four times. Hamas translates to the word violence. It's in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It was just something I read on the uh, TV or on the internet about Hamas, and they told us what what verse, what what chapter, what what book, what chapter, what verse the word Hamas is used in. And it deals with violence, deals with violence. Imagine if something like, like what happened over there in the Middle East happened here in America. We don't know who's coming in through the southern border, Three million people in three years have crossed there with no identification, no, they weren't verified in any way, uh, no COVID test, no nothing. And they know, the border police know that they have let in so many uh, a pro-Palestine a uh, people into the country and uh, what was the other, pro-Iranian people into the country. They know it, they know it, but they let them in anyway. They let him in anyway. We are to live as God's people according to God's will for our lives. I pray that nothing happens in America because of this. The protests, that the protests go on. But then nothing happens, nothing takes place. Nobody is, the, the lone wolf is, is asleep and he's not awake. Or she, but most times it's the he. To do so is to give honor to God and to live knowing that God has a claim upon each and every one of us. The failure to do so is to make God's love worthless. We don't want to do that. By living our way, we live in pride, which means that we are more full of ourselves rather than being full of Christ. (coughs) This parable has nothing to do with the clothes that are worn to church. It has everything to do with the spirit in which we come to God's house. The story symbolizes the reality that those who follow Jesus, being forever up against the political, economic, and religious forces of society, see themselves as called but none are chosen. The king has participated in the creation of a new social order in which the boundaries that normally separate the wealthy and powerful from the poor and insignificant were broken down around their common pain of being rejected and disrespected. The king by his actions establishes a new community grounded in his graciousness and hospitality. The least of these will discover to their delight that they are among the chosen. The lesson of this parable is that many are called, but few are chosen. Now let us pray. God, whose mercy and grace has saved us, we pray that the meaning behind this parable resonates in our hearts and spirits leading us to become more like the person you created us to be, instilling in us the joy that you created us to experience, so that we may be able to give back the soul to our Heavenly Father in all its original purity. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our our final hymn, Trust and Obey, number 349, or if the words are on the screen, the first four verses. determining who's fighting for good and who's fighting for evil whatever side we take that's because of our will we need to think what God wants God is always right the outcome is in his hands no matter what we want God will be the one who decides who wins let's leave it in his hands in the name of God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit go and earn your day Let us now sing the last verse of Trust and Obey.